We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who do we need to be patient with? Who do we need to uh, cut bait on? Who are our top pickups? Who are our tough stardom sit questions? That much and more here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast with Fred Zinke from Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. I'm here with my guest Fred Zinke from Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Many of you know him from our baseball podcast, the man behind the magical doorknob there. Uh, he is now here doing a football one as well. Fred does football for Yahoo. Fred, welcome. How was your week one? Uh, great. Wins everywhere. I think uh, every league where I was head-to-head, I won. And Including me? Ones, yeah, including you. And the ones that were cumulative points, I had some good weeks. So off to not a perfect start. I mean, if you have a lot of teams, you can't get off to a perfect start, right? Like you, right. there's no way all of your players perform well. I had some Aaron Rodgers and things like that. But overall, I take a lot of wide receivers very early, and it was a good week to have those top five wide receivers or so, those guys. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. and I did too. Any league that I had, Justin Jefferson, was a pretty good league. Yeah, so you're uh, big on him. Yes. Uh, passed on Christian McCaffrey for him in multiple places. You know, would have done fine passing on, uh, passing on Christian McCaffrey for Cooper Cup or for Jamar Chase too, for that matter. There is one league where I chose Eckler over Chase, just to vary things from the five spot. That didn't work out as very as well. Yeah, um, and I've got some concerns about that Eckler team uh, and, and about Eckler in per, in particular. You know, the Chargers made a concerted effort to limit his workload. You know, there was a lot of this talk. Yeah. They wanted to find someone that would take a lot of his carries. That he wouldn't get over two hundred carries this year, and I was kind of like, yeah, fine, but he's going to be more efficient. Well. Second, very first series, Josh Kelly's in on the uh, on the field a lot. The third series, it was all Sony Michelle until like they got by the goal line, and, and maybe even when they were out at the goal line, except for maybe one play. Eckler was out that entire series, and I don't know. I, I'm I need my first round pick to be out there. I need him to be yes. in those situ- situations there. So I have concerns about him. Yeah, I, I can see that. So I have no shares of any first round running back this year. Really? Um, yeah, none. So I didn't, I never picked first. So I never took Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then after that, I was taking J- Justin Jefferson. So I have some, a lot of Jefferson. I have some Cup. I have some Chase. I have some Diggs. I have some Devontae Adams. I don't have any shares of anyone, any running back 
higher than Joe Mixon. That'd be the best running back. I've no, I don't even have many of the second. I don't have, I have no Barkley. I have no Aaron Jones. I have, so that was kind of my strategy this year. So I didn't have, and, and part of my reasoning was always is beyond the injuries is that workload type concern is, you know, right. is McCaffrey going to get as many passes as, as he has past targets as he has in previous years, is Eckler going to get the same workload? I feel like those top wide receivers, like there's just, there's just no way we're going to go through the season and Jamar Chase isn't going to get a massive target share. Like there's just, I can't even fathom that happening or Diggs or Adams, right. Let alone cup and Jefferson. So right. I kind of went with those guys because they're safe. Now that leaves me scrambling to figure out running back, which will be a year long battle. Um, so, I mean, it looks good at the beginning. I have a ton of Travis Kelsey because same type of thing. Um, sure. And that, that worked out just fine. Also so far, so far, so good. We'll see. He's an older player. We'll see how he holds up. I don't want to do the, the week one victory lap. That's a bad look. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So, and that was my concern with Eckler because they had said with Eckler, they were going to cut back his workload. I still think he's going to do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to put more pressure on him, as you said, to be um, better on a per carry or per target basis than he was last year. Right. Uh, you know, and if you drafted an early wide receiver with one exception, and we're going to get to him in a second, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not all his fault. In fact, it's mostly not his fault at all. You're you're very happy. Uh, yeah. Jefferson Cup, Chase, Diggs, Adams, all went, were massive. A.J. Brown was massive, didn't get in the end zone, but did everything else. Yeah. Debo, you know, he's still running. You know, yeah. you don't that's have to you worry about to see. that. That's what you wanted to see. Michael Pittman was a, a massive. They force-fed Tyreek Hill. Mike Evans scored. He did come off the field here and there. Yeah, there is one guy I'm worried about, and that's uh, uh, yep, <laughs> CD Lamb. And I only have CD Lamb in one league, and I got him as my second receiver at least. Uh, but there, and it's not even a target share issue. He had 11 targets. The problem is he was blanketed. Now some of that it happens to be because they were playing the Bucks, and you know that 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 and what comes with that. But the Cowboys are just a big mess. They were a big mess before Dak got hurt. Uh, Tyron Smith injury uh, that really hurt the uh, pass protection for Dak. The the fact that they didn't have Michael Gallup out there, they traded away Amari Cooper. They let Cedric Wilson walk. They drafted Jalen Tolbert and then didn't dress him. Uh, They had nothing out there besides Lamb and Schultz. And, you know, Lamb got his targets, but he was blanketed. Yes. And we, yeah, we, it's interesting. We very, very quickly saw the Cowboys offseason plan unravel. It, yeah. it was, it was actually Such shocking. It was. Yeah. If, forget the DAC injury, which will set them back even further, but it was crazy how fast you were like, Oh, this isn't going to work like, yeah. <laughs> like this. And I know Tampa's a pretty good defense, so we'll see. I try again, I try not to overreact in week one. Um, I thought maybe, but they, like they knew Gallup was going to be out at the start of the year, but I guess they thought lamb and Schultz and who and, and pass catching backs. Maybe if you flip some to Tony Pollard, that it would be good enough until mm-hmm. Gallup got back. And then maybe they would be rolling, but we really saw they Kansas city traded Tyreek Hill and looked loaded with weapons in week one, right? Like they adjusted, they added sky Moore, MVS, you know, got CEH more involved, et cetera. Uh, Green Bay and Dallas are those two teams that unloaded, you know, great. Well, not I'm going to say Amari Cooper's great key wide receivers. And yeah, definitely both those teams looked, like they hadn't made the the adjustments to compensate. I'm very concerned about CeeDee Lamb. Obviously way more concerned now that he's going to play probably a month or more without Dak. I think that could be ugly. They'll probably force him the ball at least. Right. Play from behind a lot, which is good. I have a couple shares of Lamb. I felt bad because I'd say Mike Evans is my most rostered 
player probably this year right. among like guys who are in your starting lineup. But I, I, partway through draft season, I moved Lamb ahead of him because I could get both. Like on that kind of, they could get both of them on a turn. So I have some Lamb, but, and I don't know. I think CD Lamb's a really good player. I just, he, I don't know if he can overcome what's in front of him right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it they're asking a lot. Um, especially when you take away Cooper and now you take and it's Cooper rush now throwing the ball to him. Yes. I've got lamb at 16 among wide receivers this week, uh, behind Sutton, Evans, Thomas, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, and Deontay Johnson. Uh, any of those that you would start lamb over? No, no, probably not. Like, I think that's about the right spot because, so I think they could force the ball to lamb this week and he could get seven catches eight catches or something sure. like that kind of like just, Geno smith the dk metcalf last year yeah it's just i just think lambs now with with russian there his lambs touchdown potential is really low right yeah. and and that's that's got to be a factor like there's probably i i'd say out of the names you just mentioned i would pick lamb to catch more passes maybe this week because i think dallas will make a concerted effort to get the ball to him i think he could catch more passes than a lot of them but it might be seven catches for 70 yards Eight right. catches for 85 yards and then and no scores so i think that's the con- my concern about lamb is that he could go the next month and, sc- and not score a touchdown or score right. one touchdown or something like that and he's not a wide receiver one if that's the case in fact he's probably not a wide receiver two if that's exactly. the case so i think i think you have him ranked actually appropriately and maybe even a little bit favorably given what he's up against now well let me tell you who's after him then and you can tell me mike williams no keenan allen this week oh, i'll take mike williams yeah, yeah, he, for he this did week. nothing this past week, though. I know, uh, but no Keenan Allen, and that game to me feels like a bit of a shootout. It could be, yeah. Gabe yeah. Davis. Well, it's, I think it's either – I think Kansas City's going to score. How about that? Um, yeah. Oh, Gabe Davis? Uh, I'll take Davis. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. Jerry again, Judy. I think the Bill, again, I think the Bills, with that long layoff, mm-hmm. are like – it's like 11 days or something like that. I think, that, I think they could – I think they're in for 35 points against Tennessee. Oh. Oh, I think so too. I think yeah. they're going to put a number on him. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Judy against Houston. <sighs> We're making a pretty good case to look, look, put Lamb lower even here. Yep. I have. We haven't found someone yet. Brandon Cooks, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Christian Kirk. Okay, now I'll take Lamb. You just you just teetered for me, and I like those. Oh, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I might take St. Brown. I might take St. Brown. I think you found where I probably put Lamb. So that's around twenty. Yeah. Um. Because again, I think I like I think those guys. Once we hit Cooks, I was like, okay, I don't think the Texans are going to score a ton in Denver. Right. Um, so now I feel like the touchdown potential between Lamb and Cooks is pretty similar. I think mm-hmm. I think Lamb could maybe out target him, get more catches. So I'll put a, I'll put him right around there. I'm a big St. Brown guy, so and they and they scored a lot in Week One, so I'm still kind of optimistic on him. For sure, I am too. Yeah, on both yeah. the cards. I'm not wearing a Lions blue on purpose, though. Uh, just <laughs> just happened to be wearing that there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's big trouble in Dallas. Uh, are you are you downgrading Schultz at all? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Again, because I think they're going to score fewer points for the next month or six weeks or however long it ends up being. I know that, that timetable seems to keep moving, um, but a little bit. I could see Schultz getting a similar because again, he's like a nice short intermediate target for for a not great quarterback, I could see him getting the targets and the yards. It'll just be a matter of, you know, like, I think I had Schultz at the beginning. I, I was kind of favorable on Schultz. I think I had him for about 
seven touchdowns this year. So not quite one every other game. Like I'll be interested to see if he could score, say two or three. And yeah. depending on how long Dax out, well, Dax out. So yeah, I have him downgraded a little. Uh, Lamb's the bigger concern for me because just because I had him projected to be so good. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that one there. Yeah. Too. Um, I have, I have, well, and we'll have, so there's some other problem guys at tight end. Tight end was, was there's a lot of fail at that position. I, I was going to say, I'll, I kind of had Schultz at a, at the top of a tier drop, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in my draft rankings, which I try not to get away from too much in one week, but so, right. right? So I kind of had him, whatever, after Pitts, kind of around Kittle. And then I kind of a drop towards guys like Ertz and Goddard. Um, and then maybe another drop towards Komet, Higby, players like that. I think I still have Schultz there. I'm not as excited about him, but I don't think I'd move him down the rankings really for the rest of the season. So you had Kelsey in at least one league. Uh, were a lot you, of leagues. A lot of leagues, actually? <laughs> All right. Yeah, a lot of leagues. So I think that, that answers my next question. How big are you on early tight ends? And that, that answers it pretty good there. If, if you're going to go – I play in a lot of super flex. And mm-hmm. if you're going to go zero RB or hero RB, uh, and for me, a hero RB would be like round two or three RB. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to go one of those, um, you ha- you can't just start with all the wide receivers. That's what I've kind of learned over the years. Like, like I can, unless, again, unless it's to start four receivers, even if it's to start four receivers, if you start with four receivers, then you're like, then you, then you kind of, you, you back yourself into a corner. So if you're going to go zero RB a lot, um, it it's, makes a lot of sense to take an early tight end if there's one you like, because then you, you don't want to be light at running back and tight end. Yeah. Right. You, well, you kind of keep the wide receiver door. You want to keep the wide receiver door open through like that running back dead zone. Right. Yeah. That's what I want. I don't want to, I don't want to have picked all my wide receivers when I hit the running back dead zone, because now my back's the wall and I have to take a tight end or I have to take a quarterback. Um, sure. I'd rather have all the positions still available to me. And the easiest mm-hmm. way to do that is to grab, grab Travis Kelsey in round two. And that then I, I prefer him over Andrews. If I loved Andrews, it would have been him, but that's the easiest way to keep all my doors open. Well, and then, then I can go running back later. I have a lot of chase Edmonds, for example, this year, I've, I have a lot of AJ Dillon, like those guys a little later. Sure. Sure. And that's that's kind of in the dead zone, like fifth round or so for AJ uh, Dillon's a little bit of me bucking my own dead zone philosophy. Chase Edmonds however, found kind of the tail end of it. Yeah. And however, Dillon outperformed it. So for at least yeah. for in one week, you're feeling yeah. pretty good about that one there. Yeah. Uh, before I move on, quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, every one of our podcasts is on the Blue Wire Network. I'm here with Fred Zinke from Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Uh, let's let's keep rolling here. Now, Fred, even before the season started, you were identifying players that you need to be patient with uh, in a good article on Yahoo. And you kind of saw the future a little bit when you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and without even seeing that, there was going to be a monsoon near, near hurricane in Lake Michigan there. But uh, just really awful conditions. Trey Lance played pretty poorly in this one, I thought. Uh, Debo had the bad fumble. At least Debo ran the ball and scored. So, I mean, you, you are fine with Debo, but Ayuk got kind of affected badly by this. He had a couple, he had one big catch, he had another one called back. Uh, but, you know, obvi- and Kittle obviously didn't even play. Are you still patient with all these guys? Yeah, I, I kind of said about, you know, the end of that game against the Bears that I'm going to give everyone a mulligan because of the weather in that mm-hmm. game. It obviously didn't do anything because I know Trey Lance, like his value dropped late in the preseason because he just wasn't meeting expectations. So like it obviously didn't do anything to change that or alleviate those concerns. But, and I have some Kittle on some teams and he didn't play, but actually even without him playing, I'm kind of concerned just because the offense hasn't looked good going into the season and and then in week one, but I'm going to try, I'm trying to give them all a mulligan. This is a big week for that offense though. I think for fantasy managers in the sense that like, like we need to see, with better weather, we need to see some signs of life out of Trey Lance. And I, I was worried all along that those players would get off to slow starts. Not that I think Lance can't keep the starting job. I just I don't know if Kyle Shanahan's going to put that much on him. Maybe he will have to now with Elijah Mitchell out. Right. Uh, big game. You know, this week they have to try to bounce back after a, lo- yeah. a loss. They're, they at least have the benefit of knowing that the Rams and Cardinals also lost. However, the team they're playing, the Seahawks, actually won on Monday night after a bizarre sequence down the, that, at the stretch of that game. Uh, really a weird game all around. Geno Smith was un, like untouchable in the first half. 17 to yeah. 18, you know, two touchdowns. They scored zero points in the second half. <laughs> uh, and Geno only connected, I think, on five passes. They were protecting a lead at the time, mm-hmm. but they didn't do a very adequate job of protecting. It wasn't due to the offense, no. for sure. 
No. Yeah. It's they, you're right. They were protecting a lead, but it's not like they held the ball for massive amounts of time, you know, kicked a few field goals to kind of expand the lead or maintain it or anything like that. I mean, they just were fortunate. Their defense played well enough. Good for them. Full credit there. And the Broncos shot themselves in the foot a little bit late in the game. But two fumbles and a, and then the, the crazy decision-making process at the end, which is the irony there. And I'm actually, I'm actually a big Russell Wilson fan, but um, I'll say I did not like the karma, the vibe of him strutting into that stadium Monday night. I did not like how he entered that stadium. I was like, oh, buddy, you better back that up. You're walking yep. in that stadium like you own the place. Uh, you know, I, I if I was Russ, I'm not Russ. I would have come in a little quieter for my yeah. first game in that stadium. Like the, the flashy suit and the sunglass and everything. Like he came in there the way he came out of the tunnel. Like he came in there. Like, I got this. I'm the man. I still own this place. And he definitely didn't. And it's ironic that some poor coaching decisions uh, kind of felled the Broncos late when one of Russ's complaints in Seattle was he didn't really agree with some of the things they did coaching-wise his last couple seasons. So then he's in Denver and you're, I don't know, by the end of the game, you were a little like, hey, bud, maybe the grass isn't so green on the other side. But I'm not, I don't want to, again, I don't want to overreact to, to one week. I still think the Broncos will be okay. But yeah, that Niners game, like that's all of a sudden a huge one for them because Seattle is one and oh, and they're oh and one and they don't want to fall to, I don't think Seattle's gonna win the division, but they don't want to go down to oh and two and Seattle showed that, I don't know, they're not, they're not good, but they still play hard, right? That they yeah. can still, Pete Carroll's still gonna have those guys fired up and they're still gonna play hard. They're gonna play good defense, right? They, I don't Especially think. Especially early in the season, right? You know, they, the, yes. the weight of the season hasn't, you know, fallen upon them yes. yet. Uh, everybody's eager in week one. Yeah. And I do think even out of all the eager teams, how could you get much more eager than Seattle at home on Monday night against Russ in his first game for the Broncos? Everybody fired up against him. They were booing the heck out of him. Yes. This Uh, is a classic letdown game for them coming on, going on the road now, six days later. Yep. I know that it's a divisional game, but man, like the, the high they would have been on Monday night and then the short week, like this is, we'll see how Seattle, if Seattle plays the 49ers tough, I'll be really proud of them and give them full credit, but I could see the Niners having a much, much better game and better weather against a team that maybe could have a bit of a letdown that, that I don't think a lot of us think is really that talented. Right. Uh, and you know, let's, let's find out what happens with George Kittle too, for that matter. Didn't play yep. the first game. That was a huge, huge miss. Yes. Uh, you know, Debo fumbled a ball in that game when they were driving, you know, it cost them some points. Uh, Kittle did not practice today though, for what it's worth. He has not, you know, he got hurt in practice a week ago, Monday and hasn't practiced since then. Um, I, you know, I've got a lot of Kittle. In fact, I have them in the league that you and I played against each other. And I had to scramble to pick up like Hunter Henry or something like that, who did nothing. Uh, you know, that, that's a big deal when you allocate an early spot on a tight end like that and mm-hmm. get a big zero from them there. There's the opportunity cost. That's an amount. That's an Amon Ross St. Brown right there, or, you know, another similar receiver. Now there are plenty of those or someone like that. Yeah. Now there are plenty of guys in that zone that failed too. Uh, But there, there was a lot of, a lot of guys you could have gotten. Like I could have ended up with like Devontae Smith or or that's a little later, actually, probably with Darnell Mooney. And I would have been just as unhappy in that same game, but uh, nonetheless, or Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson. Okay. Let's talk Allen Robinson. How patient do we have to be with him? more patient. I, I got to think the Rams, like they, they were 
so chastised for how they handled how he was on that Thursday night. That can't have been, I don't know, that I, Sean McVay is such a good coach, but that can't have been the game plan. Mm-mm. I've got to think the Rams went back to the drawing board after that game and thought, like, we have to get this guy involved. Like, this is what we brought him in for. Like, we let Robert Woods go, right? Like, this is, like, we have to get this guy more involved because Cooper Cup had a dominant game and they still didn't score very many points. So yeah. they can't get any more at a cup really than they got yesterday or sorry, yesterday, last game. And, and they didn't do very well. So I think anyone sitting in that Rams offensive coaches meetings has to say, okay, what do we got to do to be better? Well, what we've got to do is we've got to get Allen Robinson involved. Even Higby had a few catches like the rest of the offense kind of looked like you expected mm-hmm. against a, against a really good defense that bills pass defense. I will say is really good. I right. have a the pass rush, were... especially. I mean, yes. they, Stafford didn't have much time at all. And I am worried about the Rams offensive line. Wentworth right. retired uh, among other, uh, other issues yep. there. Uh, you know, that, that part does bother me quite a bit because they didn't even need a blitz to put that much pressure on Stafford. And that's the thing I'm really concerned about. Yeah. And you take a defense that was like the number one pass defense last year by a lot of metrics. And then you add Von Miller to it right to add to rush the passer it makes them that pass defense even better mm-hmm. i think robinson's going to bounce back this week i think they're going to make a concerted effort to get the ball in his hands they've got a much more favorable matchup for their o-line and their offense in general against the falcons they're at home they've got the True. long layoff 10 days or so 10 days between games um like for example if i had alan robinson i don't have any alan robinson because i was often going in another direction around that point but um I, I, but I was interested in him. I'm not, I'm not victory lapping and saying, I, I didn't think he'd be good. I thought he'd be good. I think he's going to be good this week. Like I, I would have him, I would start him. Like if I was starting him in week one, I'd probably start him again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I go, I am going to, and I do have yeah. a lot of Alan Robinson there because I liked him as my fourth round, you know, get fourth round wide receiver there. I liked him better than some of the other options. So better than Darnell Mooney, for instance, better than, uh, who else uh, is in that range that I was looking at, you know, better than DK Metcalf, better than Hollywood mm-hmm. Brown. Yep. Um, I start like him the- over all those guys this week Th- to not start him. It would have to be a situation, maybe a, like a league where you just start two wide receivers and have a flex, for right. example. Um, and then maybe I would not like, like if there was someone where I drafted him and then I drafted Amon Ross St. Brown a couple rounds late, a round or two later, and it's a shallower league. Maybe then I move off him. Sure. We can see what happens, but for the most part, yeah, I'm not, I'm not backing off of him yet. No, no. And I think that makes a whole lot of sense there. Uh, Before we move on and we'll start going through some quarterbacks that maybe we have to be patient on or who, who do we have to decide to bench for a while? A quick note from one of our sponsors, Betel. be honest. You care more about your fantasy football team than your hometown team, but playing in a season long league sometimes feels like dating in your hometown. The same faces you're in and you're out. I want to know. I haven't dated in a long time. Enter Vettel. In Vettel's arena, you can import your season-long lineup to play anyone on our network in a weekly match for real money. With just a couple of clicks, you'll be matched with hundreds of other players with similar lineups that you can choose to challenge week in and week out. We know you spend hours every week pouring over your roster, so why limit yourself? Enter the arena and send your first $10 match to receive $50, a $50 bonus from us straight to your account. Offer only eligible for your first match. Bonus funds need to be used on future matches and cannot be withdrawn. Go to betel.co slash rotowire. That's B-E-T-T-L-E dot C-O slash rotowire to sign up and import your team today. 
That's betel.co slash rotowire. See you in the arena. I'm here with Fred Zinke. We're talking about guys we need to be patient with or decide whether to cut bait with. Aaron Rodgers. Boy, his really rough uh, debut. Two years of running now. The difference is he doesn't have Devontae Adams. Christian Watson dropped the very first pass. Rodgers cited that as a thing that set the tone for that game. Uh, he even got pulled late just because it was such a helpless game, hopeless game. Uh, Jordan Love got some play, uh, gets a home game against the Bears. Does he get well on Sunday night? I think he does. I think this feels like a well, obviously, because of last year and how they didn't start well last year and then quite quickly got got their act together. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll happen to the same degree, but I think he does. And I and I got I don't dislike the Bears defense, like, I don't think they're awful or anything. I don't think this is an easy matchup or a super easy matchup, but yeah, I think he will. I think he's going to get well. I think he's right that that drop pass by Watson did change the, like the trajectory of that game a fair amount. And it changed his stat line, obviously tremendously just add that touchdown in. And all of a sudden you're like, well, he didn't have a good game, but he wasn't, it wasn't completely terrible. You know Um, it changed a lot. So I I think he is going to have a better game. I don't know if he's going to get Lazard back this week or how exactly it's going to happen, but, I think he's going to be better this week. Now, that being said, I would be surprised if he throws for, you know, 330 yards or something like that and three touchdowns in that game. And I'm saying he's going to have that kind of game, but I think he's going to have a a good game. 265 yards and two touchdowns, something like that. Something where he starts, starts to make the progress of getting on track and figuring out, other than his running backs, who in that offense does he want to throw to? Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Would you start um, any Packer? Would you start any Packers other than Rodgers and the running backs this week? If Alan Lazard is like puts in a full practice Friday, yes, I start Lazard because okay. I think okay. that's someone he does trust. Right. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. In a deep league, I can maybe start Romeo Dobbs. Maybe in a deep league, because um, he had he had a few targets and a few catches in Week One. Yeah. I can't start Watson after that drop until I see something more from him. I wasn't I, starting him anyhow, though, because yeah. of all the time he missed. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it was just remarkable. He had a route and was open after all the time he missed. And he could have had our, their biggest play of the game. Um, yeah. Right. So I don't know. I don't think that Packers passing game catches fire soon, but I think it can. He can. I think Rogers is so good. He can get it back to competent. Spillover effect is they were playing from behind. Yeah. Aaron Jones didn't get that much work. Uh, and and more concerning, didn't get the work we were hoping he'd get in the passing game. Dylan got a lot of that. Yep. I go back to the preseason. They, their coaching staff said 1A and 1A. And mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers said, I think both of these backs can catch 50 passes this year. Yeah. And, and we were like, come on, that's not – we still said, you know, no, no, Jones is going to catch 60 and Dylan's going to catch 30 or something like that. I don't know. Right. Maybe they won't – and I, I still not saying they will both catch 50, but they kept telling us – that the split was going to be pretty even in week one, the split favored Dylan actually a little bit, maybe what they said all along, we should have taken it completely at face value. And maybe it is going to be completely even. Yeah, maybe so. That that was a little, my thinking with Dylan and I have no Jones, even though I think Aaron Jones is a really good football player was just, I wasn't paying round two for Jones. I was going to pay round whatever it was five or so for Dylan. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That that makes sense. Uh, I would have, taken some Aaron Jones, but I always seem, there's always seemed to be an Alan Soslowski in my league who liked him even more than I did. (laughs) Uh, So I, I I think I got, I either got shut out on him or maybe I have him in one league. You know, I was getting, I I, I did prioritize Javante Williams over him. 
uh, for what mm-hmm. it's worth. So yep. that is one where I, I probably would have gone, but you know, well, that was, that was definitely a tricky aspect of uh, that, that second round, like the mid to late second round was a kind of a, like you kind of had to make some tough calls, whether you went with Kelsey or you reached up for Andrews or Tyreek Hill. I mean, there mm-hmm. was that little zone where I, I, I mean, maybe everybody, maybe other people didn't feel that, but I felt like that was a tough spot. If I was drafting early in the first round or, you know, even mid first round, that mm-hmm. second round pick, there was, it was a little uncertainty and he was, Jones was almost always just a little bit ahead of that. And frankly, I was fine with that. Yeah. I, I felt the same way when, when Jones would get drafted, I, he, I'd be like, Oh, Aaron Jones, that's a solid pick. Like I just kind of see it go up the screen. I'd be like, Oh, that was a good pick. And then I look on my list and I'd be like, like, I'd be like, Oh, why didn't I want him? I look on my list and he'd still be like the sixth ranked guy or something mm-hmm. like that of, of my remaining options. So yeah, I just didn't, I, I wasn't willing to give him a workload in my projections. And as you know, I do my own baseball projections. I also do my own football projections and I wasn't willing to give him a workload that pushed him up to the point where when he was drafted, I had him on my list. Like I did, I wasn't willing to give him 1100 rushing yards or something right. like that. So, and I wasn't willing to give him enough, enough touchdowns. Cause I think Dylan will get his share of touchdowns. Here's another guy that's kind of tricky. Alvin Kamara, you know, he lost some, some touches, some work to <laughs> Ellis again. Uh, you know, again, again, it was just another instance there where, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, where you're like, Oh, not Peyton Hillis. What am I thinking about? Uh, uh, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill. Oh, Taysom Boy. Hill. Yes. I can see Taysom What's Hill wrong and Peyton Hillis having a little, a little bit of similarity. Yeah. It's a stretch. Uh, I can see it. Yeah, but it's just, again, okay, thanks for helping try to rescue me. If yeah. You're not there. But Taysom Hill, the rushing touchdown, had uh, four carries, 81 yards, only one target. So it wasn't like he had a ton of work, but it was significant work. Mark Ingram cuts into that a little bit here and there. They just, Kamara wasn't getting the targets that we were kind of hoping for just a little like you know you're 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 thinking like first round player beginning of the second round player you want him to kind of go off against in a matchup against the falcons you think that's a pretty good matchup now it sounds like he was he picked up a rib injury he was limited in practice today that might have had something to do with a little bit with it there but yeah nine for 39 three for seven in the passing game i think he had four targets he really wasn't used like the to the extent you think he would have been used no, that, that whole offense was topsy turvy from how I expected it to go. I do think Kamara's yep. bang I do think Kamara was banged up and they eased off of him. And you can especially see that because they didn't use him much in the passing game. And he just didn't look his normal super explosive self. And and Kamara I do have where where I did veer and go hero RB, I do have some Kamara shares and I was expecting a little more out of him. I felt like he was a little bit cheap at times during draft season because of the legal concerns. And then mm-hmm. those as we got close to the season seemed like they would be something he would deal with maybe next off season. So I was kind of in on him, but that whole offense, like, and then like, like, like Hill ended up leading them in obviously in rushing yards, not carries, but rushing yards because of the breaking the big one. And then Jarvis Landry leading them in targets and yards right. and catches. And then, and Chris Olave being like a part of the offense, but not a huge part of the offense. I still think Olave, I still, I think a lot of these rookie receivers Dotson obviously went off early. I think a lot of these rookie receivers are going to look a whole lot better in about six weeks than they do right now. I think you're but, probably right. But that whole that. offense was topsy-turvy. I didn't think Jarvis Landry maybe had a seven for one fourteen game in him anymore. Yeah. So. Uh, there were a couple, you know, a couple of long throws. They found the right matchup. Uh, yeah. Kudos to them for figuring that out. And yeah. they, they had to, I mean, the fact is they were, de- I mean, I, I, 
I think I've relayed the story on a couple times when I do my rewatch, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I know they lose. How do they lose from this point on? You know, they're, they're up 20, they're down 20, like the Falcons are down 26 to 10 with uh, like 13, mm-hmm. 12, 13 minutes left. I'm like, what just happened? And then <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Okay. So the saints were able to click in the passing game. All of a sudden Winston was getting time when he wasn't getting time earlier. Mm-hmm. They figured out something on their protection scheme, or maybe the Atlanta pass rushers are getting tired something like that, that allowed them to kind of be able to find these receivers a lot better than they were earlier in the, in the game. That's right. And yeah, but just definitely to see Alvin Kamara, not be a, with them in comeback mode. Like you'd think in comeback mode, like just flipping little, little passes out to Kamara and letting him run for 10 yard gains would have been a big part of the plan. And it wasn't. So I think nope. that's a really good sign though, that he's probably just wasn't at a hundred percent. We'll see what he's like this week. Tough game against the Bucks too. That's going to be. Uh, I know. I don't. I don't feel great about him for no, this week. I don't I, either. But I think it all comes down to his health. But I don't feel. I don't feel great about him for this week. It's a classic case where you don't feel great about a guy, but if you have him in a managed league in a season long league, you're going to use him regardless. He's Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you have a running back three, who you put ahead of Kamara, I don't know. Your league's probably pretty shallow. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I and agree. you don't want him in your flex, and you don't want that running back in your flex spot. Like you'd have to to bench Kamara, you'd have to have two other running backs and a flex, you know, who you could play ahead of him. I, pretty unlikely. Yeah, extremely yeah. unlikely. Yes. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk a little Houston Texans, but uh, before that, quick note from our friends at Vivid Seats. Hey, football fans, get your jerseys on and your tailgate snacks ready. That's right. NFL season is back, and so is your chance to score tickets with Vivid Seats. Download the Vivid Seats app or visit vividseats.com to see your team's schedule, compare tickets, and secure your spot in the stands. As the only ticketing company with the reward program, Vivid Seats is the winning app for NFL fans like you. Earn credit when you buy 10 tickets, then cash it in to catch more games all season long. With tickets from Vivid Seats, you'll go from watching the game to being a part of it. Go to vividseats.com or find us in the App Store to browse unbeatable seats. We'll see you in the stadium. I'm Jeff Erickson. He's Fred Zinke. Let's talk about uh, Damian Pierce. Everybody's it guy in the draft season, rocketing up the charts, uh, occasionally drafted in the third or fourth round in leagues. uh, And he's given away carries to Rex Burkhead. He's not even getting in on passing downs. I saw him fail once in pass pro. Uh, It was pointed out by the broadcasters. You know, you never like that because obviously teams can see that in film too. But when it's that obvious that he's going to struggle there, next thing you know, like the next – three drives, which were all pretty successful Texans drives. It was Burkhead on the field and not Pierce. Uh, is he even startable this week? Oh, uh, depends on league size. Like maybe I'd say I'll say startable maybe as a flex in a league. That's like three wide receivers plus a flex. Mm-hmm. I'd say maybe I could, I could get myself to start him in that. Um, I'm not giving up on Pierce. I think I have like one Pierce share from kind of earlier in draft season before he really took off. Mm-hmm. Um, like people got enamored with his talent and I'm not saying he's not talented, but he's still on a team without, without, without a really good offense. And he's not really involved in the passing game. That really limits. Like if you're on a bad team and you're not involved in the passing game much, that's going to really limit your upside. His touchdown upside's low because the team's not great. His, and his, his, his catching upside's low. So that's just rushing yards. And they, like you said, Rex Burkhead out carried him 14 to 11 in that game. And that's a game where they were up 20 to three at halftime. You would right. think you would They're think tw- it's up like, twenty to three at the start of the fourth quarter, right? So you would think it was time. It was it was Pierce. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant to say. Twenty three at the start of the fourth quarter. You'd think at that point it would be 
you know, throughout the second half, all Pierce and him just, you know, he's young and he's athletic and everything. He, he wasn't that in the game against the Colts. His long run was eight yards. So yeah, I was just going to say, he didn't find a whole lot of room to run in. No. Um, no. Now Colts defense is tough, but I mean, now they're going up against Denver and Denver. I mean, yes, they're, they're significant underdogs, you know, unless he proves that unless and until he proves he can handle pass protection, you know, it's going to be problematic. I would think uh, maybe, you know, Houston's goal will be to have the running game, uh, you know, emphasize that early, but it also seems like you fall into that trap now where it's a tell, okay, it's a running play pierces in the game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they have to mix it up to some degree, right. If yeah. he's going to be that successful, I did think his draft price probably got too early because I think like I say, I think people were, they wanted to see what they wanted to see when the hype train got carried away. Sure. Instead of saying like, this is a rookie and a bad offense who may not be part of the passing game. He's also like, it's not like this guy was a first round pick. He was a fourth right. round pick. I, I know fourth round picks can, can have success in their rookie years, but it's not super common, especially unless they're in a really advantageous situation. Um, these NFL teams aren't totally dumb. Like a lot of teams passed on him for other running backs. So I'm not saying Pierce isn't good, but, like he's not right. the second coming of Saquon Barkley or something like, like, I don't know. So yeah, as far as the immediate future, like I said, I'm with you as far as playing him this. So how about this? Who would you rather play this week? Burkhead or Pierce? So I actually have Pierce ahead of Burkhead a little bit. Okay. I've been questioned about that in my value meter. So I'm, yeah. I'm rethinking it a little bit there, but it's kind of in that zone. Like I've got Pierce at 36 and Burkhead at 45. The real answer is I'd hope I don't yeah. have to start either. Uh, especially if I'm only starting two backs, I'd hope I'd, you know, I'd rather use the receiver in the flex there, but in some leagues, hope is not a plan. It's, it's the reality is I've got to choose among these guys. Like I'll give you the, the couple ahead of him appears and the few behind. So Ramondre Stevenson, uh, didn't have much of an opener, but you know, Ty Montgomery's now hurt. Uh, so Stevenson should get more passes. Uh, I think that probably bodes better. Brees Hall, another guy that didn't play as much as people had hope another rookie who, you know, lost a fumble, dropped a pass, you know, wasn't the starter. Michael Carter was the starter instead. Mm-hmm. Behind the, behind Pierce is Melvin Gordon, Raheem Mostert, Kenneth Gainwell, Jalen Warren. I don't know what's going to happen in Pittsburgh this week. That reflects that uncertainty a little bit. Uh, Khalil Herbert, who was the closer but not the starter. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams was the vulture back, but, you know, Swift is obviously the guy when healthy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Hines. You know, Naheem Hines. I mean, this is this is the neighborhood we're talking about here. Guys that you can start like in bye weeks as your flex, but yeah. you, you know, you really don't want to start them week in, week out. Yeah, I think I think I I like where you have them. The first two or three names you mentioned, I would take them, I would use them over him, like Stevenson, for example. I think I would yeah, I, am, him. I would too. Yeah. Even though that at Pittsburgh is a tough even with a tough out. Yeah. yeah. So but I, I'll take Stevenson. Um, but then quickly the names, once we got through about the first two or three, then I would, I would probably start Pierce, but I just wouldn't feel good about it. I might try Hines. I think the Colts like could score some points at the Jags. So maybe I try Hines, but, um, yeah, but, but where you just put Pierce, that's a, definitely a big stock drop from yep. where people had him in draft season. For sure. And I'm Absolutely. not writing him off. Give the kid a few weeks. Maybe he gets going. Rex Burkhead's 32 years old and he's not, never been a great, great NFL player. So it's not like he's competing against someone who's awesome. Like give, give Pierce a few weeks. Maybe he could take off, but it is concerning that in a game where they got the lead and were winning that 
that he wasn't more involved or, or just generally more successful. Well, and his head coach is Lovey Smith. Now I don't know if yeah. Smith is necessarily making the, the running back calls. It might actually be the offensive coordinator, the running backs coach, you know, it could be all that is involved in the decision-making tree, but uh, he's not exactly what you would call new school. He's not uh, someone that is going to say, well, okay, we got to do this and not, I don't even know if new school, old school is comes into play in this. It might not at all. It might mm-hmm. just be okay. He needs to be, learn how to block. And that's true. Mm-hmm. He does. Um, and that, or, or catch passes or both, you know, and that's the thing we, that's kind of our big unknown a little bit there. Is it's, how, it's, how, it's Burkhead getting 14 carries. That's the concerning part. Like if it yeah. was just, if it was, if it was like Pierce had the 14 carries or, or 16 carries and Burkhead had like six carries, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, Burkhead just gets the odd carry. And then Burkhead's more involved in the passing game, which would still make it a bit of a timeshare. It's mm-hmm. it's the fact that Burkhead out, outrushed him. Um, right. It, but it's not like Burkhead was really good. He had 40 yards on 14 carries. He wasn't any better carrying the ball. No, uh, he's the safe I, option, the so-called safe yes, option. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, if he can pass pro better, and because of that he's in, the pa- on the, in on passing downs more, and then that leads to him getting a few more catches, I get it. But to want to use Pierce as more of a desperation play between now and the bye weeks to want to use Pierce as more than desperation play. I think we have to see him getting, you know, noticeably more carries than Burkhead. I'd agree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, There's a player who did not play last week. Whose stock improved for me. We're going to talk about him in a second, but first quick note from monkey knife fight football is officially back on monkey knife fight with all the NFL action that you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win, daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So, what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. Here with Fred Zinke from Yahoo Fantasy Sports. J.K. Dobbins didn't play last week. He did have... Trend toward you know, he did see some time in practice on Wednesday, full practice participants. So that's good news. Looks like he might be able to play. He was limited all week last week and then was a scratch. He's got a tough matchup against Miami. He's not a greatest matchup. And in fact, the Ravens really struggled against Miami last year. If you remember, that was the game in the slop on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But watching that Ravens Jets game, I mean, the Ravens won comfortably. They were up 24 to 3, gave up a garbage touchdown late. But their offense wasn't fully functional. No. They, they had some good field position. They didn't run the ball at all, um, especially in the first half. Uh, you know, Mike Davis put the ball on the ground and then recovered it. Kenyon Drake was getting more carries than Davis. Point is, neither of those guys did anything to make me feel pretty good about that here. I think they need that added playmaker in their offense, and I think Dobbins could be it. Oh, he has to be. Like, if, if he, it's going to be – it won't be a long season. I still think that's a good team. But, yeah, if he, if he isn't – like we, the Dobbins we expect him to be, that's going to be a real struggle for a team that typically depends on the running game a lot. Lamar Jackson didn't even run for a lot of yards in that yeah. game. But like you said, Drake, Kenyon Drake had 11 carries for 31 yards with a long run of eight. And and they don't, and Baltimore doesn't typically get their backs involved in the passing game much. And they, again, they didn't in this game, which is fine. Um, but yeah, like they need Dobbins to be an explosive presence in that backfield that frees up, I think so much even for Jackson. So yeah, they, they dominated the jets who I think will be right at the very leading contenders to finish last in the NFL this year. Uh, you know, my, if I was going to pick two or three teams, they'd be on the list of yeah. the best contenders. So, so good for them. They won the game, but like you said, that offense 
was not clicking. It wasn't really Mark Andrews did some things a little bit. I know like everyone got fired up about Devin Duvernay. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really sold. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not totally sold that he's going to be a weekly option or anything. Uh, Maybe, maybe it'll be him and Bateman. will be a little more, a lot more even than people thought they'd be. I'm not really, I mean, I'm not even totally sold on that yet, but that's a different offense. If Dobbins is an explosive running back for them. So I agree with you. I think his value went up just in the sense that that game showed like they need this guy. He's not a luxury item for them. Like they need him to get healthy and they need him in the, in the, in the backfield on a regular basis. Yeah. And and the, they're Baltimore quietly did what Tennessee did. They trade away their best receiver, uh, Mm -hmm. except they didn't replace him. They're all doing it internally. I mean, they, they did not, they didn't have an early draft pick at a wide receiver. They didn't bring any big time free agents in. It's they, they trade away Hollywood Brown and it's Bateman Duvernay, uh, Dot, dot, dot. I mean, there's, there's not, I feel like they're missing a playmaker and I, and you know, I mean, they also didn't come to terms with Lamar Jackson on a long-term deal by their, their you know, agreed upon deadline of last Friday. It just didn't happen. So now they'll have to franchise them next year. Uh, yeah. They're choosing to go that route. I feel like they're making these decisions. They're n- not really, they're not all in and mm-hmm. maybe, and maybe they, they're trusting their own scouting process. They feel like they have enough depth to cover it there. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like that they, yeah. there's a prime opportunity and they're, they're not jumping in on that. Yeah. I, I do feel like the Lamar stuff will end up kind of being much to do about nothing. Like I think they'll franchise him, Then they'll agree to a long-term contract mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. But I agree with you with trading away Brown and then not really replacing him. I, I guess probably the thinking in the front office was that, Bateman kind of was the replacement. They just picked him up a year early and he didn't do a ton last year. So my guess is maybe they're thinking Bateman becomes Brown and maybe Duvernay becomes what Bateman was last year, which would not be that hard. Bateman had like 500 yards. So, and Mark Andrews keeps being Mark Andrews. And I I guess I could see that, but you also, you've got Dobbins coming off the injury. You don't have Gus Edwards, who was quietly like a, like he wasn't a fantasy star, but he was an explosive rusher for them where they could, when like right like a couple years ago where they could switch back and forth between backs and Edwards would come in and have a really nice average yards per carry and keep that offense explosive. They don't have him now. They've got these guys, right. Drake Davis, these guys who have been around and are not explosive anymore. So mm-hmm. yeah, that offense does not to me, even with Dobbins, I don't know. I don't see it as a, like a really potent offense unless Lamar is really running. I, I don't know. I don't know how, how well, great. He's and maybe Dobbins is the key, just a back that can hurt yeah. hurt somebody enough that they can't always key on Lamar. Yep. I feel like that was kind of what the Jets did. The Jets ran a lot more plays than the Ravens. Now, granted, it's partially because they kept on turning the ball over and putting the Ravens in pretty yep. prime position too. So that was part of it also. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, that, that was something I was concerned about there. Watch watching that game that, yeah, I, they're not quite all there clicking all sense. It's also one week of football too. Yeah. Where I mean, a lot of teams were kind of like, yeah, you know, Packers are going to figure it out. The Bengals are going to figure out their protect- protection on Burrow. I mean, the Bengals did not protect Burrow at all. Start right from the get go, he was getting buried. Now, second half was better than the first, but with the ex- you know, I-, I was reading like four of the five offensive linemen were basically getting beat on a regular basis, uh, and th- that's not good, not good at all. No, that team, yeah, the 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 Steelers. I give Steelers credit in that one, like. I feel like Mike Tomlin teams show up. I know some yeah. friends who picked against the Steelers in survivor pools and 
I was like, ah, I don't know. Over the years, I do not like picking against Mike Tomlin. I find his teams, even when they're not really good, they show up and they battle. I agree. And I didn't like – now, again, the Bengals had tons of chances to win that game. Oh, um, but it, but the Steelers showed up, yeah. and the Steelers played them tough. And, you know, they forced turnovers, and Fitzpatrick was dynamite in that game. He's also a cheap shot artist too, but anyways, sorry. <laughs> uh, that might be a little bit. Might be a bit of a Bengals he's fan. the guy that concussed Higgins. He got yeah. called twice later on for hits to the head. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm a little justified in this a little bit, but he uh, also he, was he, a playmaker in this game. He was he also really six. good. He's going to yeah. play his game. He was, he was fired up and he was playing his game, like on the edge of the line and sometimes over the line. He was on the edge of the line over and over again. Yep. And this that is, game. And you know what? That's, life in the nfl that's too, so. yeah that's how probably how they had to compete to win that game because steelers offense isn't really good mix trubisky's just okay we know the o-line's not great Najee harris couldn't get going for anything like like this is what they like this is what they had to do to compete in that game they had to play with a lot of edge if they yeah. rolled over and didn't play with that kind of passion like i think the Bengals would have been all over them but again they they put it to him like you say seven sacks four picks uh that's what a sloppy We've seen a fumble that essentially was a pick yeah yeah, so uh, that's a concern for a Bengals team that had a terrible O-line last year and apparently fixed it, but then when we got actual game action, had, hasn't fixed it. Yeah, I, I'm willing to be a little week, bit patient with it. them because yeah. they didn't play at all together in the preseason, and they didn't yeah. get a whole lot of practice time even together, uh, So you know, especially with Burrow because of Burrow's appendectomy. So we'll see about mm-hmm. that. Uh, this Pittsburgh New England game is fascinating to me. I mean, it's two teams whose offense has some major question marks to be resolved. Yeah. I, and yet I was really surprised to see New England be the favorite here, uh, that favored on the road in Pittsburgh. Because uh, New England, I think, had just as bad a preseason as anybody. Absolutely. Uh, and their yes. offense didn't look that much better against Miami. I, I, I'm a little confused about this one here. Uh, made the Steelers my best bet in uh, staff picks. Uh, so, anyhow. Well, I really kind of both these teams as offenses. I really don't know what's going to happen. Oh yeah, like I would take. I would. I agree. I would take the Steelers. I'm not saying New England won't win or can't win, but yeah, New England looked terrible on offense during the preseason. They're switching off Josh Josh McDaniels. They looked bad on offense in Week One. Mac Jones is banged up. Apparently, he's going to be fine in play, but he looked banged up. I don't mm-hmm. they totally feel like they have an offensive identity right now. And then after the Steelers' effort against the Bengals. I mean, maybe the Steelers have a letdown game, but again, that's not usually a Mike Tomlin thing. Um, And they're coming home for their first home game. I feel like the Steelers will be fired up. I think they're going to play even without Watt. They're going to play aggressive defense. The Steelers have, they they don't have a good low line, but they do have some playmakers in the passing game. I think, I don't know. I feel like this game is a 17 to 13. Yeah. I just, I just think the Steelers, they're the home team. I'll I'll give them a shot at winning it. For sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, got one trade question uh, from Paul Popovich. Asks on okay. Twitter, goes Superflex League. Should I offer to trade Jeff Wilson for Cam Akers? So I have both Akers and Henderson. He also has Gibson, Mixon, Pollard at running back, uh, among his other backs too, uh, and McKissick as well. So, what do you think about that? I mean, talk about guys who need to be patient on Cam Akers. Is this is this a good target? Or would you rather try to have two starting running backs in Wilson and Henderson instead of getting two Ram running backs? I think I would do that just because I don't have super high hopes for Wilson. I don't mind Wilson. I grabbed him uh-huh. late. I grabbed him late in some best balls, like very late. Cause it, right. it, it did. People did start saying late in training camp that he was their second running back. Right. Uh, but I still think, 
I'd be surprised if, well, Mitchell's hurt, if Wilson really takes over. I feel like they're going to really share carries. Um, I feel like the Rams sent a message to Akers loud and clear in week one, both with his usage and their comments about him after the game. Uh, I think I would play the long game on this one and grab Akers. I just don't think Wilson's going to amount to that much. I don't know. What do you think about it? Yeah, it's a it's a close call. Um, I, I'm de- you can't use Acres right now, obviously. No, uh, no. But sure. I think he's a hold if you have him. I'm not so sure he's a, a target for me. Uh, uh, yeah, the oh, way he looked last year when he came back. I, I mean, granted, that's eight months ago now. He didn't look like he was explosive at all. Didn't look like yep. he had the, he was the same player as he was pre-injury. So I don't know. I mean, it is a long game. You're right. Um, I agree with you. I'm actually not high on acres for the rest of the season. So if I was going to shop, Jeff would be my first stopping point. Mm-hmm. Maybe since he, maybe since he sent, sent us this particular trade, it's because the other manager actually expressed interest in, in getting Wilson or, or something like, right. You know maybe I mean? like, the maybe other guy's like, the is, Mitchell owner or something like yeah, that. Like yeah. Like maybe he's like, this is the guy I got to trade with. He has cam acres, but right. I just, I, I think actually I'd summarize it this way. If I needed to use Jeff Wilson now, against the Seahawks this week or for the next, if I needed someone I could use the next three weeks, cause that matters. You need to win. Mm-hmm. Then I just keep Wilson. If Wilson's yep. going to be on my bench, then I'll trade him for acres because I think there's a good chance that by mid season, Wilson has almost no value if Mitchell's back and, and healthy, I think. So Wilson will be where he was in a lot of leagues a week ago, which would be on the waiver wire or on benches. So yeah. I think that that's what it would be for me is how much do you, do you think you'll need Wilson here in the next few weeks? We've seen Wilson have games. Absolutely. Pretty good games with San Francisco. I think yep. San Francisco is more likely to have a better running offense than the Rams, yep. especially offensive line wise. Yep. But he also, I mean, he's not especially dynamic either. So yeah, I get it. I think I, I think I agree with you. I think I'd make that trade. I would. I mean, the fact is the fact that it's, uh, it's not a snap decision one or another means it's a pretty good offer. It's a, it's one yep. where both sides have to think about it there, but yeah, it's, I, it's one of those weird trades where a week ago it would have been insulting. Yep. Right. Like, or 10 days ago or whatever, before the Rams opener, if you offered Jeff Wilson for cam acres, someone would, someone would be insulted. And yeah. now it's actually seems reasonable. Indeed. Fantasy Indeed. football world moves so fast. It does. It really yeah. does. All right, Fred, uh, that's going to wrap it up. What are you working on on Yahoo? What's your next article? A lot of baseball articles right now, but we are working on doing some weekly football recaps every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, if everything goes according to plan, those will be starting next week. So, and we'll be kind of debuting them. So hopefully that gets all sorted out and we can start those uh, next week. Other than that, a lot of baseball content coming out the next few weeks, just pick up stuff, helping people find the right guys down the stretch. And then like your year end type wrap up articles, awards, sure. looking ahead to next year, those things. Very good. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up today. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, We'll be back at you again next week. Take care.